0: Good evening and welcome everyone to the first night which has just been completed at the 2022 AFL Draft and for all those that wanted to see some action, uh, wanted to see Hawthorne be brave and go chasing some top end talent, we've done that. Uh, still, uh, still scratching the head at exactly what happened there but um, we're going to help try and navigate our way through the next hour or so. We will be joined uh, very soon, hopefully, by Ash Brown, who's live where it all happened and he's heard from Cam McKenzie. So we will, uh, we will Mark McKenzie, excuse me, of the excitement's getting to me. Uh, we will hear from him um, and, and what McKenzie had to say. But first, as always, i uh, just like to welcome our co-hosts for the evening. We'll start with you, Prinzi. How are you feeling after what just unfolded?
1: Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it's good to be here. I think uh, just a little bit in shock. I reckon most talk fans will be too. I think uh, when, when the Swans got going and, uh, and were bidding on uh, Rosten, Rouston, and then uh, Michelinie, you thought something was happening, but you always think when that when that sort of thing happens, you always think, oh, maybe my club's involved. And when they flashed to the Hawks, uh, the Hawks war room, you thought, oh my goodness, it's on here. Um, but yeah, just uh, trying to come to terms with everything that happened in a short space of time, to be honest, uh, we see.
0: For sure. And Hawks WhatsApp groups were going nuts all over the country. Uh, Daz, welcome. How are you feeling after that? active involvement in night one.
2: Yeah, I was even more surprised than Princey. I stepped away from the TV for a moment because I didn't think anything Hawthorne related was going to happen and came back and saw uh, the the Hawks' war room there with Mark McKenzie and Mitchell and wondered what the hell was going on. So uh, a bit of excitement and something to talk about tonight, which is awesome.
0: For sure. Now, speaking of excited, uh, not sure if uh Brad who is in here um is going to be able to join us he might jump on later on he's certainly very excited and will get...
2: be furious like, let's be honest this is absolutely going off on a, on our WhatsApp
0: yeah furious would be one way to describe it and um look it, it's it's very interesting because you know we're going to talk about the Weddle deal and I think quite a few people will have been expecting Ed Allen to make his way to the brown and gold. So we will get into that. But let's just start with an overall recap because the night kicked off and we were active from the get-go. So it started with the the trade to the Lions, 41, 50, 52 and 63. We traded to get higher up the order um, to 36 for this year and got a future third pick around 55 to 60 potentially. Um, And then we waited for the pick that was going to shape the start of the first draft, the the first round that was pick five from the Bombers. Wait to see who they took. We ended up with pick seven and Cam McKenzie, uh, another Hawks fan. Uh, Very, very excited to have him as part of the club. Um, and then the trade went down, 18 for 27, future second, future third, and Josh Weddle comes to the club. But, uh, Prinzi, I guess let's start at the beginning. Let's just start with that trade. It's something we talked about in the lead into the draft, um, whether it was going to be the Bombers and wanting uh, points for the Davy brothers or whether it was going to be the Lions, and obviously that had already been organised, nice, simple, done early, and we moved up the order.
1: Yeah, clean and easy done, and I think that's the that's the key. We we had it all lined up so we could pull the trigger straight away as soon as Ashcroft was bid on, and um, you know it's a good deal for the Lions. They get extra picks, and, and we could shuffle up the draft order and get uh, a pick that's in a range that we're more comfortable taking talent in and. Um, you know, as it turns out, that'll be our, our next available pick. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, all things considered, um, incredibly, incredibly smart deal by the Hawks and the Lions, and every one of those uh, trades that everybody gets a win. So, um, good start to the night for the Hawks there.
0: And Daz, not too much happens on night one other than the picks that are in place to be taken. So to see that activity before, you know, any action's really taken place it, 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 without necessarily knowing it. It's actually set the foundations for just how active we're going to be tonight.
2: Yeah, I think we knew we were in for a good night when, when that news came through and uh, it certainly didn't disappoint. I mean, I, I actually just did not see that second um, live pig trade go down I didn't expect that to happen, and we were there just sort of joking about on the WhatsApp about how uh, what's the point of having a live pick trading if no one actually does it. So uh, commend the Hawks for being so active in the first round and and trading up and and, and getting a, uh, a, another pick um, uh, on night one
0: for sure. And then Prinzi, as I mentioned, we. Waited to see what the Bombers were going to do with pick five. Uh, as you and I correctly predicted, they took Sardis. Uh, it seemed like it was always going to fall that way. And then the next question was really, was it going to be Philippou or was it going to be MACAT that we ended up with?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think what the Hawks have done is not only have they gone the best player available with Cam McKenzie at that pick, um, they've gone with the surer bet there. Look, you know, an argument can be made that Philippou has one of the highest ceilings in the draft class, but, um, you know, there are some legitimate concerns around, uh, you know, his ego or arrogance or overconfidence, any way you want to put it. And you hate to label a young guy, but, um, you know, I think the fact that um, they do such thorough uh, detailed investigation into these kids' characters before they draft them and the fact that they were more comfortable taking um, Cameron McKenzie shows you all you need to know about um, about how highly they rated him and uh, the talk obviously that um, Sam Mitchell uh, especially had a real uh, inkling for McKenzie so um, you know he's, he's a, a beautiful size 187, 188 centimetres uh, can play that dual role of inside and outside and I think um, you know you look at adding him to uh, a, midfield, a young midfield unit of uh, John Newcomb and Josh Ward and Connor McDonald and Dylan Moore and um, all guys like that, I think it starts to really build out and it gets really exciting for our midfield coach uh, next year. And uh, David Hale has, uh, has some decisions to make early doors.
0: For sure. Now, Daz, it seems to be a continuation of this plan that's been put in place over the last 12 months where not only have we got this incredible talent, um, he's obviously a massive massive Hawthorne supporter, so he knows about the club and has been part of the success, recent success in the history of the club. Um, I was actually getting a message from a friend whose son is very good friends with him at school. He is very, very smart, very, very good when it comes to his actual schoolwork, Um, plays basketball, Uh, just seems to be uh, from good parents, good background. He's apparently a really, really good kid. It seems to be the breed of person, not just player, that we're trying to bring into the club.
2: You're Talking about Max Ramston now or um
0: <laughs> or <laughs> <Cat> <laughs> McKenzie because same school, exactly the same, exactly the same setup. Yeah, we, we had this
2: exact same conversation when Hawthorne picked up Ram um, Ramston. So, you know, I, I doubt that supporting Hawthorne is a criteria um, for when we go to select players, but it's happening now with freakish occurrence that you start wondering whether it actually does factor into calculations. And I think he just had Hawthorne written all over him. The second he opened his mouth, the second they crossed his family, he just looked like a real solid stand-up kid um, in a very, very similar vein actually to Josh Ward. Um, thought I had a bit of deja vu there in terms of, you know, the, just, just the way that he, he spoke and carried himself. So they're obviously drafting a, a particular type of character in addition to all of the, um, the on-field qualities that he brings. It's potentially
0: our next Premiership's version of the draft, the left footer, just draft, the Hawthorne supporter. Prinzi, before we move on, um, I think that what we've learned out of this is um, you're never going to know over the next few years, but regardless of who we'd taken, again, with Philip, still available with, you know, if Sardis hadn't been picked, we knew going in, that we're going to end up with a decent footballer, and, and Brad actually um, put out a tweet about our midfield with Macca in it, and uh, it's just it's exciting that he's coming to the club.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think anytime you can bring in first uh, first round picks and, and top ten picks, it's uh, it's an enormously important. Um, night for your football club. and We've gone and done that tonight um, on both fronts. And I think, you know, uh, bringing in guys like McKenzie on the back of the great draft hand that we had last year with Ward and McDonald and Butler and Sorong and Ned Long, I think just speaks volumes of um, the, the types of players and the types of people that Mark McKenzie and Sam Mitchell are looking for. And I think it just talks uh, a lot to the path that we're on right now and, and nailing every draft pick as I've written in the last couple of weeks is incredibly important. And I think uh, with, um, you know, Mackenzie, I think we do that. That's a, it's a, as sure a bet as you're going to get um, of, of a guy uh, at pick seven to be able to come in and bank, you know, 200 games right there, just like we did last year with Josh Ward. And um, I think that in and of itself is exciting because um, sure things aren't, aren't, don't come around very often. And I think, uh, being able to add one at that, at that size and that body shape and um, a point of difference that we have. And if you look at his highlights there, there's a couple of highlights packages out on the internet. He has this beautiful way of weighting his kicks to the oncoming forwards, which we probably don't have enough of in our side at the moment. Um, yeah. So I think that uh, having that any bringing in good ball users is a, is a must and, and we've been able to do that. So, you know, moving out, a Jagger O'Meara and a Tom Mitchell who probably struggled to deliver the ball into the forward 50 and bringing somebody like Cam McKenzie in um, definitely improves that going into you know into the future. Speaking of those
0: highlights, Daz, the highlights looked much, much better just after he was selected and we watched those highlights than at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I'm, I'm actually just waiting for the club to put out the, the, the photos of him at a grand final, giving a player a hug in the stands, or um, hold, holding up a banner at a at a game or something, they usually wait to to put those out after after they're drafted. But yeah, the highlights package is, you know, I always sort of take those packages with a grain of salt. But does look like a a really smooth uh, user of the footy and and also just someone that doesn't panic under pressure. I think a, a few uh, pundits have sort of spoken about his ability to to really make uh, the right decisions under pressure. So I think that seems to be a real quality of his game. For sure.
0: Now, uh, Ash is in and out, and I believe that um, Mackenzie will be lined up soon to be speaking. So I think he might be having a few connection issues. We'll see how we go. But before we get onto that, trade and the Weddle situation. As always, guys, this is not just about us. This is about all of you. And if you've got anything you want to say, anything you want to add, anything you want to contribute, uh, just press that speaker request button um, and we will get you on. But the biggest surprise of the night came when Prinzi, you mentioned it. We, we saw the Swans were... They'd, they'd bid for a couple of players. They'd actually taken up 15 minutes plus by the time they were done with that one pick um, that slid down to 18 as a result of the players that they had bid on. Um, and, and then we just saw after the second player got matched, we saw the Swans... Multiple people in the room on the phone, so we knew something was getting done. It just had that very brief flick to the Hawks. We saw them on the phone before. Roughly thirty seconds later, pick eighteen was had been traded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when you when you bid on two players in a row, it's very rare that you then go and take your pick. So the writing was on the wall. They were padding out time as much as they probably rated those two players that they bid on. They were really just padding out time to be able to form a trade uh, with the Hawks. And I think probably I, like most Hawks fans thought, here we go. We're we're going to, we're going to bid on, uh, or we're going to trade this, this pick in to get Ed Allen, who was, uh, surprisingly overlooked uh, by the West Coast Eagles earlier in the draft and and there was a, a bit of romance that with Be- you know his dad Ben playing 98 games for the Hawks and it felt like okay well if a trade's made and we pay overs that's okay we're bringing in a, a you know a, a, a Hawthorne person and then um, and then you know the pick is in and it's and it's Josh Weddle. you just go okay that, that's really interesting because you know from our perspective looking from the outside in, A key defender is probably not high on the list of priorities, but um, they obviously rate Weddle incredibly highly. And, you know, you're not going to give up uh, pick 27, I think it now is, as well as uh, a future second and a future third if you don't think that the player you're getting is a surefire bet. So um, they obviously rated Josh really, really highly and they pulled the trigger on him. All right. So we'll
0: get the lowdown shortly from you on Weddle and, and that's going to be the bone of contention because, again, we Daz mentioned that uh, Brad, well, he, he hasn't been enthusiastic about what we've done. But as you just said, Prinzi, if there's a player that you want, you pull the trigger to get them in. And at the start of the draft, if we knew we were getting two picks inside 18, I think most supporters would have been happy. But we'll look at Weddle, the player. We'll look at what we've effectively given up for him. Daz, I want to know from you because of all of the insiders, I would say that you are one of the more emotional. You are one of the more romantic of the insiders. Is that right? There, there must have been that moment, just that moment, and it wouldn't have been helped by no names in our WhatsApp group. Um some wows, some amazings doing the round with the notion that Ed Allen was coming, there must have been a moment where you think you were thinking, this is going to happen and all is right in the world.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think everyone was in our WhatsApp was expecting that to happen and, you know, you start thinking why else would Hawthorne have made that that pick swap. But I also had a sneaking suspicion that they may have been go- going after Braden George who... People were talking about being sort of in that, that that sort of really exciting sort of dynamic kind of uh, forward. So you know, it 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 just shocked me to to see that they were getting wet. Or, but at the same time, I think you know, clubs have a better look at these guys than we do. Just reading um, a bunch of articles and watching some YouTube footage, and um, they wouldn't have traded up so high up to. Uh, the board to, to actually, you know, pick a player that they that they kind of had a lukewarm interest in. So in Hawthorne we trust and Mark McKenzie we trust. And, you know, I, as much as I would have liked the romance of Alan at the same time, I just – I don't think they saw enough of him, um, to be honest. I, I think he he was a late bloomer and um, didn't play, play a lot of footy at that level. So they obviously hadn't seen enough. And, and, and in, in many ways, Wetter was actually a safer pick.
0: Yeah, I think the the guts to go after someone that you want and we get to see the same amount of vision as you know most of the general pundits out there and what we know about these players is so limited compared to the recruiting staff and the coaching staff. So you've got to take it on face value that, um, uh, I mean, th- the other time I remember this, well happening was Carlton going after Stoker and obviously that didn't happen so well, but you back your staff to do it right, to to have done the research and clearly they wanted him. Clearly they wanted him more than Alan. Clearly he was still there and they were worried about not getting him. And this is the gutsy move in terms of that regeneration. So, um, Prinzy, let's start with talking about, um, the new player that we've got, uh, tell us what we can expect, um, what we can expect from Weddle, and and exactly why we've gone so hard for him.
1: Yeah, well, I think the first thing to understand is that uh, Weddle is uh, a defender, but a defender that can play on both tools and smalls. So um, he had a uh, an incredible year um, this this year in the NAB League. Um, in uh, playing against players from the the likes of Harry Lemmy, who's 202 centimetres, to Aaron Cadman, who's a 195 centimetre aerobic beast, to Harry Sheasel, who's 186, and a, a more of a small forward, uh, medium forward type player. So he's incredibly versatile in the way that he defends, and he has some elite... Uh, athletic attributes so um, if you look at the uh, the club website um, they they had uh, obviously something on him straight away and um, he was one of the standout key position prospects at this year's um, draft um, and you know went 603 minutes uh, six minutes and three seconds in the 2k t- time trial ran the 20 meter sprint in 2.93 seconds and was in the top 10 for the standing and vertical um, jump test so Clearly a phenomenal athlete uh, and somebody that they just felt like they couldn't let go. For sure. We'll touch more on
0: him and we'll touch more about what it means from a pick's point of view. But we've got Ash. Ash, uh, unmute your speaker. Welcome to the space. How are you feeling? How? What, what did Mackenzie have to say? How's everything from down at headquarters?
3: Well, I start with apologies because I missed Mark McKenzie. I was too busy uh, filing a story and I missed it. So I called uh, Essendon and then I thought that'd be Essendon, but then he spoke straight afterwards and they all cleared out. So I have no input into that. So humble apologies first, but uh, terrific interview with um, our new midfielder. And uh, he was, uh, he said things all on the lines of um, that, well, firstly, he was interrupted halfway through with the news that Weddell was coming to Hawthorne. He was absolutely thrilled because he, he played with him at... Um, he had no idea that the trade had been made at the draft and Weddell was coming to Hawthorne. And when it was broken to him, he was absolutely thrilled. Um, so he's an awesome guy. So his eyes lit up straight away. So he clearly rates him as a bloke. Hopefully it means he can play. Mackenzie um, said that uh, he did four interviews with Hawthorne, which was the most of any club. But is famous for doing the four interviews. Um He's been a member of the club. He, he and his family have been Hawthorne, not just supporters, but members. So they're certainly uh, committed to the club. He said that um, he thought that he's, um, he's very grateful to St Kilda for the time that St Kilda gave him, uh, put into him as a part of their academy. Um, guys like uh, Nick Del Santo put a lot of work into him for that. He's grateful. Best part of his game is a quote I think I do a the good inside outside balance throughout the year. And coming to the year, I recognise. That in order to play that midfield role, I needed to improve my burst and my muscular power. So over the summer, I put a lot of work in the gym, got a bit stronger, lower in the body, so I could play that role. And I was pretty happy with how the year went. He's certainly a, a bit of a winner. He played three premierships this year for Brighton Grammar, Sandy, and Big Metro. So the guy is a winner, if nothing else. Um, looked absolutely stoked. The other funny part of the uh, interview was that um, he said, "Have been, Someone said, "Have you spoken to Sam Mitchell yet?" He said, "No, I haven't." Spoken to Sam, uh, I'm sure I will at some stage tonight. And then Mitchell walked into the media conference and said, Don't you answer the <laughs> phone, I've called you twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, then, and pointed to his phone to sort of, sort of show that he'd spoken to him twice. He said, When you finish, come into my room. So, in the suite, that, the Hawthorne suite that they're managing here. So, uh, clearly, they, uh, yeah, Evans obviously very happy. Yeah, you know, I don't know, you guys probably don't. What, what's the count of players on the Hawthorne list now who back for Hawthorne? As, ki- as kids, it's quite remarkable to get... Yeah, we were,
0: we were just talking about Ash about it, Ash, as being the new left-footed recruiter policy that obviously everyone talked about when we were winning the, the flags. But good, good people, Hawthorne backgrounds, um, and obviously can play seem to be making up this new era of Hawthorne kid that we're bringing to our club.
3: And someone remarked on one of the message boards I did have a quick look at before. If you look at the, uh, the pictures of his family coming in, they are Hawthorne types. They're very solidly middle class. Um, you know, it looks like, you know, white collar professionals. You know, the old style Hawthorne, I think, you know, really, uh, you know, private school types. It's, uh, it used to be a backbone. Before Hawthorne became the club of the, uh, the city of the Casey Corridor, uh, the old fashioned Eastern Suburb Protestants. I think they fit the mould beautifully. But uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a great chat. But the Weddle thing sort of blew, blew us away as to how, uh, how exciting it was that Weddle was joining. So I think my early takeaway from that would be that Weddle, obviously, is a, is a magnetic personality. that That's great to be around. But uh, how, you, how they all fit in, Danny. I know you've been talking about this a little bit. How are they all going to in all these defenders with Weddle? to fit into the side now is is quite, you know, we'll digest this going forward, but I'm not quite sure where they all fit in. I thought, like a lot of people, when they were announced they were moving up, it would be to grab something like Ed Allen um, or or I think Braden George's name is. They're they're the two I thought they were going to reach up to grab. So, but I guess as we say in these parts, in Sam, we trust.
0: Ash, how, when you saw that trade being made, how um, wed were you to the romantic notion of Allen coming to our club?
3: I thought it was happening. That's what I thought the trade was for, yeah you because know, he fits the mold, the big body midfielder that they say they want. Uh, that that he fits that mold. So I thought that's what the trade was for sure. Um, so I was quite surprised. But uh, well, was tested. He's very athletic. You know, maybe someone's going to be pushed up the ground from this group and trying to work out who it is. I don't know. The, the player it could be might be Scrimshaw. Who Scrimshaw stuck forward. A few times this year, and it sort of looked quite natural running at the ball as a half-forth flanker. So maybe Scrimshaw's the one they're going to squeeze and move forward. Um, other people suggested maybe Sicily will be the one who moves forward eventually. But uh, yeah, they've got an abundance of defenders, but clearly they, they have a, you know, they've reached for him the way they did. They must have some idea in mind. And I'm sure, I'm sorry I missed the McKenzie press conference because it would have been a really obvious question to ask him um, what, what they're thinking.
0: Uh, This is the exact same conversation we were having 12 months ago. We were talking about CJ. We were talking about Scrimshaw. The other one we were talking about pushing up to a wing was Lockie Bramble, who we obviously didn't get to see much of. The question will be the um, Jack turned defender into DGB, obviously a pick six and still highly touted and apparently put a bit of muscle on so, that question around how are they all going to fit in? And we've got years to work it out, right? These kids are not all going to start straight away. They're going to need time to develop. But it feels like it's just another piece of the jigsaw puzzle that's sort of being put together.
3: It does. Um, DGB might be the one who might be a little bit nervous. But yeah, I think he, he now needs to have a big year. Third year in, he needs to have a very big year. Um, you know, he's bumped up apparently, but still coming last in the time trial. So, who knows what that all means? maybe it's it, this is this is what puts a rock on up someone like him. Maybe they hardborn look you know they can trade him to West Coast at the end of the year or something. You know maybe they've identified that as a long-term player. Who, who really knows? But what um, they're thinking. But I, I'm not sure what, what's the next pick now, Danny. I mean, the thirties. What, what have they got left now?
1: Yeah, to be the pick that they traded in from uh, the Brisbane Lions. So well, it was 36 at the time. With the pick shuffles, I'm not sure exactly where it is at the moment, but in that mid-30s range. And they've got one for next
3: year. And at the next year, I think that's for what a first, second or third next year.
1: Yeah, so I think they're proud owners of the Western Bulldogs second round and third round picks for next year. So I think probably just touching on that, I, that was probably the thing that I was most disappointed about. Um, it would have been great to be able to get away from the Weddle trade, having traded those dogs' picks and not our own picks, because, you know, the all likelihood is we're going to finish a lot lower on the ladder than the Western Bulldogs. But um I, I know when you instigate a trade for a first-round pick, you have to pay overs, and it looks like, you know, we've paid the price we needed to to bring the guy in that we wanted.
3: Yeah. Weddle Weddell will be talking tomorrow.
1: The, the draft, the,
3: all the first-round picks for live living Victoria will be at a 10 o'clock at... Uh, at Marvel or the AFL tomorrow. So it will be a chance probably to talk to... Um, there be a chance to talk to Weddle then a little bit and learn a bit more about him. Um, I'll see if I can pick up the Mackenzie quotes from somewhere, but uh, I, think I, saw, I think I missed the boat, unfortunately. But uh, interesting night. Good to see the Hawks active. And uh, it'll be fascinating to see what, what transpires from
0: here. What'll be interesting, so it's roughly... a. Uh, uh, pick 20, pick 40 that we gave up as well for next year, as well as the, the swap this year. Initially, Fox Footy put up the trade, and they had said that we'd gotten a, a future second and future third back, and we were all celebrating from the rafters, but obviously not, not long after. Um, Hawthorne put out the tweet to say it was a future second, future third, and that it was ours. Um, again, all this does initially without being able to decide ourselves whether it's a good or bad move is suggest that they really, really, really rate this kid.
3: Well, you can't draw any other conclusion, can you? They they paid a fairly hefty price when they moved up, what, nine picks in the draft to get him. So, yeah, they paid a a hefty price. We'll we'll see how it all works out. At some stage, uh, we'll hear hear from Mark McKenzie. He'll do a Q&A with the Hawthorne website. For too long, I imagine, as well, which hopefully might answer some of this, too.
0: As do you feel like... Um, I mean, free the draft, we we're all gagging for... We we're all gagging for more picks, right? With, You know, with Titch and Javier going and what we were able to get back. I mean, this is actually despite, again, and Brad's listening and and he's very upset with the price that we gave up. But but this is what we wanted, right? We wanted to say, we're here, we're doing this now, we're we're building the list now, we want another key talent that we love and we'll do whatever we have to to bring them in.
3: Yeah, they brought two first-round talent, they brought two two first-rounders into the club at this draft, which is what we were hoping... All along, we're hoping that the trade period would uh, enable it to happen. So, I think from that outcome, they've, they've ticked a major box, and they will probably, you know, their modelling is this twenty twenty three draft, the twenty twenty two draft, and twenty twenty three draft. The two they want to hit hard as they did last year. Basically, they want to hit three drafts hard. They hit two now, on the middle of the second one now. They want to hit one more hard next year, and then that's it. And then I think after that, they want to start. It's more about trades and free agents and what have you as the climate up will start. So. We shouldn't be surprised at what they've done because this is the this is the hitting zone, as you say, Andrew. This is the hitting zone in which to get in in which to to work the draft hard.
0: And so, Prinzi, we came into the draft expecting to use four picks and potentially saving a fifth with that pick thirty-six, which will be roughly forty, maybe forty-one or forty-two by the time it's done. And another one following that. Can you see much more movement, or potentially coming back in again with um, some of our future picks, or, or do you think it's pretty much the work's been done, uh, and it should be a fairly straightforward night tomorrow night?
1: Yeah, I think I think most of the work's been done. I don't know what else, what sort of wriggle room they actually have anymore. I, I think they've used their assets to get the picks in. Um, that they got in, and take the players that they did, and uh, I think you know those two picks. I think whatever it is, that forty-one and forty-eight or something similar, are going to be the ones that are uh, that we use tomorrow night. I don't. I wouldn't be expecting too much more movement,
0: for sure. Now I've got a feeling that Brad is in the house. Brad, if you are free to speak, yes. If I unmuted yourself, how are you feeling, mate? Evening
4: all. I've calmed down just a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. So, correct me if I'm uh, wrong. We've traded pick uh, 18. Like, we've basically given up next year's second-round pick, which will probably be, if it's our pick, not the Bulldogs, probably a top 21 or 22 pick. Pick 27, which was the Tommy Mitchell pick from Collingwood as well as a future third, which is, I think We you mentioned was a round pick 40. So a future second and a future third in a much stronger draft. Weddle, I'm sure, is going to be a fine player. Looks like a fine player. But come on, if another club did this trade, we'd all be laughing. Let's be honest. You can argue all uh, you like, but seriously, three picks for one. A future second and a future third in a much stronger draft. If we needed a defender, fair enough. But I asked this question. I might have missed uh, it up before. Where does it leave DGB? Where does it leave Jecker, who looked really good the back half of last season? Where does it leave Scrimshaw? I don't understand. Like, yes, you know, we say we got to put our faith in these guys, but someone sell it to me, Prinzi. Give me some hope. Just explain to me the thought process of that trade.
1: Yeah, look, I think, it, like I said, it, it's a it's a high price to pay. But if you if you want to move in and you want to take somebody's first round pick, you have to be willing to pay that price. And we stockpile those future picks to be able to do that and still have a full suite of picks next year. So yes, we've paid a, a we've paid overs. Absolutely, we've paid overs. But they obviously identified that talent. Um, they had an opportunity and they pulled the trigger. Um, from a where does he fit point of view, I think Daz mentioned it in the in the WhatsApp group a bit earlier. I don't think we'd be expecting um, a, a, an 18-year-old Josh Weddle to walk into Hawthorne's 22 next year. I think um, you know next year is a is a development year for that for that young man, and he'll probably play a lot of football at centre half back for Box Hills. Um, so I don't think it immediately impacts anybody in the Hawthorne team, and I think they'll all have a crack at um, cementing a, a spot in the Hawthorne 22 next year. Um, does it put pressure on those guys? Absolutely. Because, you know, if we're drafting players in their positions, they're looking mm-hmm. over their shoulders and going, shit, I better do something here in order to keep my spot. So um, it puts pressure on and hopefully that brings the best out of Jekka and um, Denver Grange barras and, um, and also James Blank and, and, you know, we see the, the type of footy, especially out of Denver, that we know he's capable of in the next 12 months. Uh, and if, we, if he does, then, you know, potentially you've got your full-back, centre-half-back of the future sorted um, for the next decade and a bit.
2: And, and who yeah. even knows if Weddle's going to play as a defender? I mean, he's got elite talent um, and elite traits that could have him play in the midfield at some point, point. apparently play there at junior level. Um, he offers versatility, he offers speed. Um, and we don't just draft midfielders. I mean, I, I think that's just so short sighted to just keep in midfielders with every single draft when we've got to build a, a list that's capable of challenging in, in you know, three to three to three to eight years. Yeah, I'm with
5: you, it's guys. meant to
6: be
2: It's meant to be the Bulldogs second and the book bulldogs
5: third. That's what information I've seen.
0: Thanks, Paul. Well, certainly the club um, said... (laughs) I think we
5: bloody hoped that anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for for sure. The the club specifically tweeted our future second and third. Obviously, we own them and we'll wait to see what we get from official channels. Daz, I totally agree. I mean, we haven't even... Brad put out the tweet and, and that midfield call looks really good. It doesn't even mention a Ned Long who you know, Prinzi and I were just yes. raving over some of the video footage from day one at pre-season um, that, that the club put out. So uh, it's actually not about just building a midfield and who knows where he's going to fit in Weddle, but he's obviously an elite talent. So it's all about putting this list together, but doing it in a way that is not going to be immediate. So, um, we'll see what happens. AJ, you've been waiting patiently. Got a question?
7: Um, I do have a question. Just before I get into that, Brad, just to clarify, the pick in the 20s was not a Collingwood pick. That's our pick. Um, 51 was the Mitchell three way weird thing that happened there. So it's actually our pick we gave up, not Collingwood. So it's not one of the assets we traded in. Um, I have more of a comment about. When did Emerson Jacker become this all-Australian defender? He's played three good games as a defender. Before that, he was a forward his entire time. But the response I've seen around it last night—you'd think he'd be—he was Alex Rance or someone like that. Like he's the best thing since sliced bread. He's played three good games as a defender. Can we calm down on the ex- Emerson Jacker talk, please?
0: Yeah, look, it's a it's a good theory. Um It's a good comment. I think that. The back end of last year, he did a great job as a defender for Box Hill and, and certainly showed, um, you, Brad will will probably say, uh, as much, if not more, than DGB has showed who's a pick-six best defender of his crop. So uh, I think the important thing, thing is, AJ, you're absolutely right. He's played a handful of games in that position. And I literally not... haven't
7: seen as much Box Hill games as most of you guys, and I know that Brad and Danny, you obviously follow Box Hill a lot closer than I I do, so I'm I'm more than willing to listen to you guys on the Box Hill side and what Jack has done there, but I'm more concerned about James Blank than anything because I thought the games that he played at AFL level, he really looked like he belonged and suddenly I'm watching, it's like, okay, where does James Blank fit into this now? Uh,
0: He's our starting fullback, isn't he, James Blank? I don't think there'd be too many...
2: We're not drafting a ready-made uh, back a full full backman. Uh, I think it's just it, it's not going to change anything about ne- how we line up next year. This is definitely one for the future, I'd say, especially with the way that that key position players develop. So um, I don't think it's going to disrupt anything really at all
0: yeah for sure. Um, Prizy, do you want to talk about Jekka at Box Hill before we move on to Whitey and Smog, who have questions?
1: Yeah, look, the one thing I'll say about Jekka, i, I was I was impressed with his uh, with his you know form in the back half of the season um, at the in the back line, but i I still see him as predominantly a forward. Um, and if I'm if I'm bank, backing any of the two of him and Denver Granger Baras um, to make it as a as a, you know centre half back, it's going to be Granger Baras. I think um, you know what you need to understand about Emerson Jecker is he's got a far more developed physical profile than um, Granger Baras, which allows him to probably assert himself at AFL level a bit easier uh, early in his career. Um, Granger barras has the athletic tools and the smarts; he'll make it. I'm. I'm I'm happy to die on this hill um that he will make it and I think like like Des said you bring in a talent like Weddle, you don't bring him in for 2023 you bring him in for you know 2024 to 2034 you know that's that's why you're bringing him in and and you know he he can turn around and say oh well, there's no pressure on me to have to play AFL footy next year I can just go about developing at whatever speed and whatever level you know there's no speed limit on it as um Mark McKenzie and Sam Mitchell will say. So, um, you know, he can just go and develop at his rate. And like Daz said as well, I think, you know, there's no there's no nothing to say that with that physical profile he has, he can't play as a third tool or on a wing or through the guts. Like, you know, we don't know what they've earmarked him for yet. So um, I think we just gotta hold our fire, wait to hear from McKenzie and then wait for the uh wait for the preseason to unfold and see what happens. But I think you know, if you're drafting in the first round, you're just drafting for elite talent. And they obviously rated him incredibly elitely. So, um, yeah, all power to the Hawks for, for getting it done, even if we feel like they may have overpaid. Prinzi,
0: make some room on that hill, please, because I'm there for DGB. I totally agree. I've seen enough of him to know that, or to, to firmly believe he's going to make it. Whitey, thanks for holding on. You got a question or perhaps even a comment?
6: you there, Whitey? Yeah, listening to everyone talking about Checker, I'm wondering, we were all saying, well, we're short on the forward line. I wonder if Checker's, because we're talking about development, I wonder if Checker's running the back line over the last 12 months was a development to help him learn running patterns for forwards and things like that, but also giving him the depth that, all right, we're having a bit of trouble down back, We've now got a bloke who can go back and can go forward to fill a variety of roles that you need this day and age. You can't have a bloke playing one position and one position only anymore. And I just think Jekka may have done a bit of last year at backline, and that was my thoughts even during the year when he started playing backline. Are we trying to teach him something else so that we're improving his mindset to play forward? Because at the moment, we still haven't got any forwards if someone goes down.
1: Yeah, why it's a really good point. And I think um, you know, if anybody saw Emerson Jekar in twenty twenty one before the season uh the VFL season stopped, he was the dominant um he was the dominant key forward in the VFL and he was kicking goals from everywhere. He had a shocking preseason and early season um, under under Clint Proctor this year. Um, and they moved him back to just try to get some semblance of form, I think, more than anything, and get him t- touching the footy because he's he was a good intercept mark and he, he could definitely um, use the ball beautifully off the half-back line. But um, if he's going to make it AFL level, I, I'm absolutely with you, uh, Whitey. I think it's, at, it's as a centre-half forward. Um, I just want to also touch on... Um, you know, one of the contributing factors to the Hawks pulling the trigger and bringing Weddell in is because they have obviously uh, going to look to bring in Will McCabe next year. And Will McCabe at this stage sits around that, that mark for our future second-round pick. So there's a chance, and I'm sure it plays into the calculations, that um, the Hawks make that trade in order to avoid that pick getting eaten up by, um, you know, a bid on... McCabe like it was with uh, Harry Rosten um, for the Giants this year. And they can bring in a talent now and then focus on um, McCabe and their first round pick and potentially the Dogs second round pick. So still getting three talents in the, in the top 30 next year. And I think if you look at last year, we got three talents in that top 30. You know, we've got two talents in the top 20 this year. Three talents in the top 30 next year. That's an incredible influx of high-end talent in a three-year period. Now, Captain Morgan,
0: uh, half of me hopes that you have just come on to speak about Ned Long because I know I've I've spied that you've been spying again uh, out at training. Smog, what have you got for us?
5: Uh, Sorry. Um, (laughs) I wasn't going (laughs) to talk about Ned Long and wasn't going to talk about Everson Jacker either, to be honest. Um, What have you got? But I um, have reached out to a AFL scout um, who, who watches all these kids in the draft and their opinion on Weddle is that he's a monster athletically who could play up the ground, could play wing, could play half forward and would be very, very competitive in that role. Um, but they likened him in his, well, his current ceiling to being – a Tom Stewart type player. So, um, I think going back probably to where the conversation was about five or ten minutes ago. Um, while everyone's looking at oh, whose position is he going to take, or why? Why do we see that as a role that we we don't have? I'm not sure that that's really what um, comes into play when we when we look at our draft rankings. I think it's more about um, we look at how we rate these players and we see someone with the ceiling that he's got and think we have to grab him while he's still there. And I think that's probably why we jumped in and did what we did with our, with our picks. Um, so, yes, he looks like um, – it was obviously a very surprising move, but he looks like he could be quite a player if uh, he can hit his ceiling. Um, but to the training, um, I don't know what you guys want to know, but, I mean, it's very early – in the summer and um, everyone looks great. Everyone looks fit. There's no, no injuries at this stage. Everyone's being managed through the rehab sessions. Um, Even those who start in the rehab session, some um, transition into the main group um, for the second half of the training. So um, some of those, some of those guys are some of our more fitter players like Finn McGinnis. So um, there's just a a lot of running, a lot of drills at the moment around um, connection and, and speed of movement. So there's a bit, there's a bit going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks. I mean, everyone's looking great. Everyone's popped up over summer. Everyone's super fit. You know, we hear this from everyone, but I I think injuries, injuries, the key, we want to make sure as many of them stay as injury free as possible. And um, so certainly appreciate that update and, yeah, it's interesting what you said when you brought um, Tom Stewart in into the conversation with Weddle. I think um, someone else mentioned Brayden Maynard and these guys who you know are, have potentially started as defenders, which you know already at the start of this conversation he's been um, pigeonholed into, but that are elite talents with the possibility to um, to, to use their tank in a midfield role and. Again, it's been suggested to us by someone else. I think it was suggested on the TV that he's actually picked as a midfielder or or with an eye to being a midfielder. So the, the reality is that exactly as Daz has just said, they're not being picked to start their footy careers in the ones from round one and play 20 games next year. It's all part of the jigsaw puzzle and... There will be some shuffling, there will be experimentation, both in the seniors and at Box Hill to get the formula right. And um, Brad, I think you've mentioned quite a bit in the lead up to the draft. One of the biggest keys now over the next couple of years is gonna be getting games into these kids, getting as many games into the kids as possible doesn't matter if we lose matches, but they need to be getting 40, 50, 60, 70 games playing together to really give us the best shot of winning another flag.
4: 100% we saw it with the Demons who hit the draft hard, you know, their they their Olivers and those type of drafts. The next year, and I believe the year after, I know Ash is more bullish and reckons we're a slim chance of playing finals in uh, 2024. Zero chance. Next year's bottom four, and the year after, best case will probably win eight eight games. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. The quicker these guys get 50 games in to them, you know. I think Mackenzie spoke after trade period, and I think he said he's identified. I might be wrong, Prinzi, but about, I think it was 10 to 12 players who he sees will be part of our next Premiership side. So in my opinion, the list still has a bit to turn over the end of this season and probably the end of next season. But you can see the nucleus. I know I tweeted uh, the midfield and I left out, as you said, Ned Long, uh, Warple's uh, the other one who needs a massive season. But you can see now with the top end talent, you know, like with Ward, McKenzie, uh, McDonald, Butler, those type of guys, they all just have to play. DGB as well. I know the pressure's going to be on, but he's now going into his third season. So Mitchell dropped him a couple of times the back end of last year, but he just has to play. He needs to play at least, you know, 18 to 20 games next year. Um, and, you know, so do all of the other guys. But you can sort of see, you know, Mitchell's now got his hands fully on our list and he just needs to play uh, the youngsters. Like, we've got some good talent there now. As I said before, I still think there's going to be another, you know, big turnover over the end of next year because we're going to finish bottom four. But in saying that, the signs are there. It's a lot different to Clarko's last few years and I said it for a long time and no one... uh Listened. What we're doing now and last year and the year before should have been done three years uh, prior. But better late than never.
0: Yeah. Well, I think just on that point about having Sammy's fingerprints all over this, I think what's interesting is um, we had hundreds of responses to the survey we put out, and I think Daz can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was about ninety percent of respondents all support the path that Sammy's on every single aspiring board member or, or president that we did that we spoke to through the AGM files, they all talked about supporting what's happening on field, and, and that's very, very exciting. This is just another chapter in it. I'm going to get to you, Ash, in a minute, because I've got a question for you as we get towards the wrap of our space on Night One. Jared, you've got a question or comment. Thanks for joining yeah. us. So, just a question. So, with Weddle, like, a lot, I think they said on the telecast that he's really good um, with his endurance and athleticism and he's, like, 192. So, do you think there's potential for him to potentially go into that midfield and be that big body bull that we're lacking? Yeah,
1: I'll I'll jump in here. I mean, obviously, it's been commented on by um, Smog before. I think... um, if any time you look at the type of athletic traits that somebody like Weddle has, and um, the the height and size that he is, you look at that sort of package and you go, "Wow!" If if there's a tank there, and there clearly is with a two k time trial, um, then you know you wonder whether whether um, they can move into the midfield. So it's 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 not going to be a between now and round one where we'll know that, but. Um, if the rumours are correct and they want to use him as a midfielder, wowee, what a what a t- um, type of hybrid uh, mid we're we're talking about here. Who clearly has the defensive side of that midfield game already sorted. So that one will be a, a definite watch. Absolutely. He, he, well, he was a,
2: a kind of um, medium-sized midfielder, and then he just had a huge growth spurt. So I think he's actually getting used to his new. He's been only. Um, I think he grew from 178 centimeters to about 192 during the pandemic, and he's just kind of getting used to being in a bigger body now. He said he's feeling a bit more coordinated um, in, in in his in his body, so there's every chance that he's going to move back into the midfield.
0: I think the beautiful thing is that over the next 24 hours, we'll all know a lot more about him. Really looking forward to Ash mentioned. Uh, Tomorrow morning, all the first rounders will have the chance to um, go through the media circus and we will definitely be spending the day reading up on our new recruits. Um, Just a really exciting 24-hour period. Not sure Ash can join us back as a speaker at the moment. Keen to hear if he does jump on what his next 24 hours and what draft night. Number two, looks like for him. Boys, before we go, anything else to add? I, I get the feeling Prinzy and Daz, you are both leaning to the um, very, very excited, uh, very happy uh, side of the equation for this evening. And Brad, you're yet to be convinced. Any, any last thoughts on ha- how we've finished up on night one?
1: Oh, I mean, it's hard not to get excited about bringing in two first round talents uh, on, on the first night of the draft. I think if you can't, if you put all the, the trades and all of that to one side, it's hard not to get excited about bringing in elite talent, isn't it? Um, and I think, you know, for a lot of fans, especially who, you know, don't necessarily feel comfortable with the Hawks play, playing poor footy and being at the bottom of the ladder, this sort of thing is the sort of vindication of having to sit through a poor season. So um, bringing in Cam McKenzie and bringing in Josh uh, Weddle and then seeing what we bring in on the second night of the draft, it's it's super exciting. I think if you can't get excited about that, um, you're probably watching the wrong sport.
2: And I think what excites me is the the boldness of the move and, and the fact that they rated him highly enough to make, to give up a bit and to actually be bold enough to make that move. So... He must be some player, um, otherwise they wouldn't have made made that move. And um, I'm I, I'm really excited having having sat with it now. And you know, I don't think any of us were particularly excited about Connor McDonald last year getting picked up um, ahead of the likes of Sonzi and, and a few other players. So you, you know, I, I really do trust
0: the recruiting staff.
2: Um, Ash can be absolutely anything.
0: Ash, you've been in the room so many times before through drafts and trades, and what's your level of excitement, having had a bit of time to reflect on tonight, and just tell everyone what your next 24, 25 hours looks like?
3: Well, I'm driving in the car, if you can hear me, and there's a car facing the wrong way as I go past the Montague Street Bridge, so that's a worry.
0: There's a bit of Mark Allen and KB about this (laughs) but... It was,
3: it was a car... Oh, I
0: crashed my car, KB. Facing... I crashed my car. It was car. a car
3: facing the wrong way as I'm driving down the past of Montague Bridge. Oh, look, I think it was a... Not sure what to think about tomorrow night. I'll be picking the 30s, which will be, you know, speculative, I think, for Hawthorne now. Um, I'm just looking forward to looking forward to hearing... Uh, try and, I'll, I'll have a chat to uh, Weddle tomorrow and report back um, tomorrow night on the, on the spaces for sure, and also Mark McKenzie will, will come back and I'll try and get some overall strategy uh, comments out of it. I'll be sure not to miss him tomorrow night, uh, do my best to, to get to him. No, I think it's, it's it's interesting. As I said before, I think they are right in the middle of this you know, hitting the draft hard. They're about halfway through it. They, they said three drafts and we're halfway through the second of those. They're really they're at the halfway point of what they want to do uh, draft-wise. So, and I think you are, they're not picking all these players to be best 22 next year Darren's point is 100 percent right they're, 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 they're going to experiment they're going to the expression distasteful as it is they're going to suck it and see and work out what works over the next over the next couple of years but they're, they're getting they're injecting some serious talent into the footy club and they've got to get games into them and they'll get games in all sorts of different ways one thing you know about Hawthorne under Mitchell they will play everybody got even little old Jack Sa has got a game. Uh, in 2022, they'll have a look at everybody at some stage next year. But um, as I said before, I was quite taken by Weddell's personality on TV. I just think uh, the Fox Footy interview—I mean, he was clearly over the moon. But he just seems to be the sort of guy who commands a room. And the way—I can't stress enough—the way Mackenzie's face lit up when he was told Weddle's coming to Hawthorne. He said, oh, "That's awesome." He said it twice. "That's awesome." "He's coming to Hawthorne. So I think he must think it, uh you know—must think it's worth it for a couple of reasons. As a, as a, as a footballer, as a locker room sort of guy. So I think that's something to get excited about as well. And I think Mitchell places big stock on character. Now, he was there when Buddy Franklin came through the footy club. You know, he, absorbed, he observed that firsthand. He helped shape Franklin into the sort of player he became. So I think he's a big character guy. So I think that's something to look forward to. I think you know, he wants the alpha males of the footy club. I think that's something that uh, we should bear in mind as well. And it's, it's going to make it, a lot of people have said this, and I know Brad's, uh, Brad and I have slightly different views on how they're going to go in the next couple of years, but it's going to be fun to go to the footy. I think everyone agrees. It's going to be fun to watch you see in round one, round two, whatever the, you know, through, the, through the course of next season, getting a game to the kids and seeing them come together. Because uh, I like what they're putting together, but I have no idea what the end, end game looks like.
0: Especially no expectations on the results. That's what's exciting. We can watch these kids, we can watch the talent. We can speculate on where they should play or who's going to make it or who's not. And the reality is the results don't matter. So the exciting part about that three-year draft hit that you're talking about, not only that we're going to bring in another mid-30s player and, and look at how our picks in that range have gone in recent years, so that's exciting enough. Depending who you ask, we're also going to add in somewhere between pick one and six next year and we know that they're going to be a supreme talent so it's very very exciting um ash thank you so much for making the time given all of your other commitments inside incredible and we look forward to more of it tomorrow prinzy dad brad Thanks again for all of your time this evening, to everyone who asked questions, everyone who joined us. Thank you very, very much. We love having created this community. Um, and if you can jump on to our bio link, check us out on our Substack. five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, help support all of the content that we put out. We'll be back. At the close of tomorrow night's draft, with another space. So, thank you very much for listening. Happy reading, happy video watching over the next little uh, little while. Couple of hours left in the night tonight. Tomorrow morning, we'll catch you all again tomorrow
1: night at the end of the draft. Thanks a lot.